welcome to episode number nine of the Building a Body podcast. Nearly in double figures, so that's exciting. So how's everyone doing today? Y'all good? I'm feeling fresh. I've just been to the gym and done my arms, so I am ready to do some productive work as it set me up for the day. So what's new with me? When I was thinking about this, I thought, mm, I haven't really had anything happen that's particularly exciting. And then, hello, uh, I forgot that I managed to get onto the radio, local radio last week. Very exciting. Um, talk about last minute though. I just finished recording last week's podcast and I got a tweet from a BBC NI journalist. And to cut a long story short, she invited me in to talk on the BBC NI Extra show, which I have to be honest, I've never heard of, but it's on at five o'clock in the evening until 6.30. So it was a pretty good slot. Um, so there, there was um, a recent article in The Guardian stating that we should have up to 10 um, fruit and vegetables a day instead of the previously stated five. And they wanted a nutritionist to discuss this live on air so there literally was no option for me to say no I was absolutely up for it no time to really think about it um because as I say tweeted that day and went in that evening which actually I preferred because whenever you have time to think about things nerves set in so no time to be nervous and you just got to get on with it which is brilliant um so when they let they led me in and I was sitting in the green room initially I, I don't know why they call it a green room because uh it wasn't green <laughs> um i actually it was actually a nice sort of glass fronted room that looked out into the office uh which was nice to see see everybody working away and, and working on their articles or whatever it is they all do in there so uh i waited there for a bit and then i was led into the studio mid show um i put on my headphones and just waited there nervously uh while the the host just was talking about other news articles it's all a bit of a blur but I just waited there and then literally he started talking to me um and I I think I came across okay the host I believe probably expected me to wholeheartedly agree that we must have 10 fruit and vegetables a day I think he was probably up for an argument <laughs> but I didn't really do that I, I gave him a bit of a curveball as you would say um stating that of course it would be great if you get 10 a day but let's be real it's probably very difficult for many families to, to achieve this especially if they're large families so I said yeah we should aim for 10 but we should be happy enough with less and not feel stressed out about it um you know that's the worst thing whenever you become kind of very obsessed with food and ensuring you get certain things in every day whenever everyday life stress is enough without that on top of it so this is to me what I said was this is about creating as much variety as possible every day so you know get yourself a slow cooker load that bad boy up every morning and it'll be super easy and simple and then that can be portioned out maybe for lunches and things the next couple of days and also you know he mentioned well this is going to be really expensive but not if you shop in season that'll keep your costs down you know where we can get whatever we want whenever we want but you know, buying blueberries in the winter is super expensive and they're not coming from a local place. So they're they're not going to be in great condition. They're not, they don't, I mean, if you have strawberries as well in winter, they just don't taste like a strawberry. So it's best just sticking to stuff in season, which is what I do. I get um, a local place called Orga uh, Helms Bay Organic Farm to deliver stuff to my door every, every week. And it's only £18 for a good selection of fruit and veg, which will do us for a, a week. 
and at this time of year you're getting stuff like cabbages leeks broccoli you're getting some apples in there uh, what else are we getting some carrots and onions and plenty of other sort of leafy greens and it's nice to sort of concoct something with whatever you're given on the day it's a bit like the show um do you remember ready steady cook where it's all surprise and you just got to make it work and that's that's great i, I enjoy that um so uh, as I say, you kind of want to keep things simple and we don't want people to be overwhelmed. So it's about setting realistic expectations. And if you can get 10, that's brilliant. And if you can't, I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. Uh, and it's all about making life a little bit easier. So that was a great experience for me to get on that show. And he was happy enough to mention the podcast. So that was good. Brilliant. So that's what's new with me at the moment, guys. Alrighty then. So moving on, what is in the news well, this was an article published, I think, last week, and it's nothing new, but it's maybe something you've never heard of before, so I thought I would bring it to light. Should I worry about arsenic in my rice? So let's do some quotations here. Many of us are regular consum- consumers of rice. UK consumption is on the rise, and in 2015, we ate 150 million kilograms of this stuff, but there have been reports about rice containing inorganic arsenic, a known poison should we be worried so arsenic occurs naturally in soil and inorganic arsenic is classified as a category one carcinogen in the eu meaning that it's known to cause cancer in humans so the consequences of arsenic poison have been seen most dramatically in bangladesh where populations have been exposed to contaminated drinking water so the results um have been described as slow burning, a slow burning epidemic of cancers, heart disease and development problems. So because arsenic exists in soil, small amounts can get into food, though in general these levels are, are so low that they don't cause any concern. But when we're talking about rice, it's different from other crops because it's grown under flooded conditions. This makes the arsenic locked in the soil more readily available, meaning that more can be absorbed into the rice grains. So this is why rice contains about 10 to 20 times more arsenic than other cereal crops. But are these levels high enough to do us any real harm? So, quote, the only thing I can really equate it to is smoking, says Professor Andy Mayharg of Queen's University Belfast, who has been studying arsenic for decades. If you take one or two cigarettes per day, your risks are going to be a lot less than if you're smoking 30 or 40 cigarettes a day. It's dose dependent. The more you eat, the higher your risk. He believes that the current legislation isn't strict enough and that more needs to be done to protect those who eat a lot of rice. So eating a couple of portions of rice a week isn't putting an adult like me at high risk. But Professor um, Mayarg is concerned about children and babies. Quote, we know that low levels of arsenic impact immune development they impact growth development and they impact iq development he says because of this the legislation is stricter around products specifically marketed at children but many other rice products that they may also eat such as puffed rice cereals can contain adult levels of arsenic sounds quite scary i think uh even if you don't eat a lot of rice but um there, I think there's, a, there's an easy solution. A way to cook rice that dramatically reduces the arsenic content. So some, some ways of cooking rice to reduce 
arsenic levels are, are better than others. Um, we carried out some tests with Professor Meharg and found the test the best technique is to soak the rice overnight before cooking it in a 5 to 1 water to rice ratio. That cuts arsenic levels by 80% compared to the common approach of using two parts water to one part rice and letting all the water soak in. So that's pretty dramatic. 80% just by soaking it the night before. So you kind of have to be a bit prepared and thinking, right, I'm going to cook rice tomorrow night. Let's get the rice on tonight soaking. Um, using, using lots of water uh, without pre-soaking also reduces arsenic level, levels, but not as much as the pre-soaked levels. So, well, I would now think twice about feeding young children too much rice or rice products. I'm not going to stop eating rice myself. This is the, the professor. I will, however, be cooking it in more water. And when I remember, leave it to soak overnight. Fascinating stuff. Um, now, one reason why I don't eat brown rice, actually, other than uh, it's not really amazing to taste or in texture it is that it has been shown to have up to 80% more inorganic arsenic on average than white rice. See the arsenic actually builds up in the grains outer layers and this is the part that's removed in white rice. So you know everybody always told you that the brown rice was better but not necessarily. And actually the UK Food Standard Agency suggests children under four and a half don't have rice milk as regular consumption may lead to unacceptable levels of arsenic. That's pretty dramatic. Um, so rice, a few aspects you, you may not have known. Uh, if you have young kids in their important, important development years, it's worth assessing how much rice products are in their diet. And as adults, I would always say, if you can, soak your rice the night before. Now, I'm not saying I always do that. I, I normally soak it a little bit before I cook it, and sometimes I get rice when I'm out and I'm not really thinking about that and I don't want to become obsessed with it. But whenever I do remember, I'm going to be soaking my rice the night before as much as I can. So there you go. That's what's in the news. Moving swiftly on to the topic of the week. I'm not doing a what's in the science today. I didn't see anything that was particularly exciting. So let's keep it short and to the point. Uh, so yes, topic of the week is going to be the importance of play. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, in my Primal Blueprint certification, or now called Primal Health Coach certification, that I did a few years back, I studied a section on the importance of play. Yes, this doesn't have to stop when we are uh, an adult. We, we seem to sort of stop being silly as we get older, we don't climb trees anymore. We don't roll around in the grass. Why not? It, it, it's, is it society telling you not to? Or are you scared of people laughing at you? Um, you know, how boring. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, according to Dr. Scott G. Eberle, PhD, the editor of American Journal of Play, I quote, we don't lose the need for novelty and pleasure as we grow up, end quote. So today I am going to talk about why play is not only fun, but genetically important to us as adults. Okay, so a quote from my course, which is summing everything up quite nicely here. Experts believe that play served important purposes for our ancestors, such as helping to unwind from stress of everyday primal life 
improving social bonding in clans and gaining valuable rehearsal of skills that were applicable to actual life or death challenges but under risk-free and pressure-free circumstances. So whenever they had time to sort of wind down, they, they were practicing sort of skills that were going to be important for whenever life got a bit more challenging. Um, so our genes actually expect the same sort of stimulus today to in order to express themselves optimally. So in, in modern times, you know, physical exercise has become more of an optional thing or um, a necessity, you know, kind of a chore. Um, but the importance of play has, has diminished, um, particularly as we get older. So I'm just going to give you top five reasons super quickly um, why it is important to play. There's lots of studies that have gone on uh, in this in the world of play. Number one reason why play is important: scientifically proven to increase productivity. Love that. So you know you're going into work and you've got something to work on. Maybe that a little bit of time beforehand to unwind, let go, and let your brain chill out before it needs to get active and process skills for later on during the day. Number two, reasons why play is important, improve management of stress. So today we do live in a stressful world. We're continually switched on and it's hard to let go, breathe and relax. So play has been proven proven to help alleviate those levels of stress. Number three, it has been proven to enhance self-esteem, which is great. Can't really add any more than that. Everybody needs a little bit of boost here and there. Number four, play has been shown to improve social competency. So helping you deal in social situations, networking, just being able to talk to people on a level that you want. It has been proven to help that. And number five, it has been shown to increase creativity. So this is great if you're a creative individual and you are a writer or a painter photographer or just want to be more creative in your life and you give your brain a chance to just switch off have fun and do what it kind of wants to do later on you're going to be much more creative which I love so that's the top five reasons why play is important today so with that in mind what are the rules of play well there are none why have rules it's not play if there's a rule um you know this is about unplugging and going with the flow change your routine and just let go uh it's best maybe to get outside when possible if there's any sunshine out there um you know many of us live a sedentary life so physical activity is ideal because it'll give you that rush of fun with all the benefits activity that's that's fun to you you know so whatever tickles your fancy that's a little bit different to your everyday routine uh dr dr stuart brown who developed the the national institute for play has done a lot of research on the topic and he has a website which i'll put in the show notes and you can have a wee look at all the stuff that he's carrying out you know if you think about it the phrase that's thrown around a lot all work and no play makes jack a dull boy so perhaps there's a lot more to play than you think what are you going to do today that equals play are you going to run around are you going to talk to your dog are you going to laugh are you going to giggle do something do me a favor do something today that makes you smile 
So that's the end of my topics for today. I just, before I go, I want to give a a big shout out to my American friends who have downloaded the show. I've got some listeners in California, Georgia, New York, North Carolina and Virginia. So yay! Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. And it's cool to know that you are listening to my questionable accent all the way over there across the pond. So, uh, as usual, guys, listener questions, please send them along to karen at goodcleanchow.com. Anything at all you want to ask that you think encapsulates building a better body, I would love to answer them. And if you want to support the show, please check out goodcleanchow.com forward slash support. And please, 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 as always, just take two seconds and leave me a little review on iTunes because it helps me get noticed and it'll be great. Thank you very much. And then, as usual, I'll put my show notes in so you can read about the different articles and things I've discussed today. Until next time, keep building that better body and I'll see you next week. Thank you. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise regime.